What's really good and welcome back to another episode of The Sanchez Show. As always, I'm your host, Eric Sanchez, aka Legend in Two Games. Make sure you follow me across all social media platforms. Shoot me a like, shoot me a comment. Make sure you tune into the episodes. And do remember, every Friday night, I go live off of my Facebook page, Will Gordon and myself, we're known as the Opinionated Ones. It's a segment we created here for The Sanchez Show. Every Friday night, 9 p.m., we go live. Right now, because we're in the midst of football season, we're giving you guys NFL picks, the 401k pick of the week, which I know you guys love so much, the upset pick of the week. And we're breaking down whatever's going on within the world of sports. Uh, Every now and then, though, we'll give you a top 10 list, music, movies, anything within the culture. We talk about it, man. So make sure you subscribe to The Sanchez Show. Make sure you follow me on social media so that way you guys don't miss out on the live. We're going to be going live tomorrow night. I'm recording this on Thursday, October 6th. So tomorrow, October 7th, we will be going live to give you guys our week five picks along with, um, you know what? It is going to be all football. I'm not even going to say along with. It might be a very little bit of basketball, but majority is going to be football because, again, we're into the thick of things with the football season. Also, Major League Baseball playoffs start tomorrow. So this episode, I'm going to dedicate it a little bit more to some playoff talk. And I'm still going to give you guys my Thursday night pick, man. So here goes. Let's start there. Let's start with some football talk, and then I'm going to give you guys my breakdown of the wild card round of baseball. It's a different format than we've seen in the past. So it's, it's new. If you don't closely follow baseball, you might wonder why is there this additional series, but I like it, and I'm going to give you guys a breakdown of what I expect to see in this first round, which is a best of three. But let's start with the Thursday night game tonight. My Indianapolis Colts, off to a very slow start, are underachieving. They're going on the road to Denver to face another team that's off to a slow start and underachieving. The Broncos, they're 2-2. Two two. The Colts are 1-2-1. Two Both these teams have not gotten off to the start they expected to. Now they look to October to see if they can change things and, and get back on the right track. I'll start with this. If you're betting on this game, take the under. As I mentioned, as I'm recording this, this is early Thursday morning. As I'm recording this, the line right now on the over-under is at 42, and the Broncos are favored by 3.5. If I was betting on this game, I may I may just do that. But if I were you and if I was betting on this game, I would definitely take the under. Here's why. Both these offenses are struggling. Neither one of these teams are averaging more than 17 points a game. On the flip side, both of these defenses are very good. The Colts defense, 6th in yards allowed, 13th in points allowed. On the flip side, Denver is 4th in yards allowed and 5th in points allowed. Uh, sorry, 4th in yards allowed and 5th in points allowed. So, both these defenses are very good. Both these offenses are struggling. As I mentioned, neither one of them are averaging more than 17 points a game. This is a situation where you definitely take the under. Something else to keep in mind. Again, if you're gambling on a game, something you want to pay attention to. The Colts, in their last 16 games on the road, they're 11-5 and five against the spread. So they do a pretty good job of at least covering the spread, if not winning outright. That's why, for me, the safest bet is taking an under. But if I had to pick a team, I would also take the Colts. I know Jonathan Taylor's not playing today, but I wouldn't be scared off by that. Naheem Hines is a capable backup. And also pay attention to the line. The Vegas line didn't really change much with the news of Jonathan Taylor not playing. It was at three and a half to start the week. It's maintained at three and a half, even though we got the news yesterday that Jonathan Taylor won't be suiting up for this game. On the flip side, though, the Broncos won't be with Javante Williams. They're starting running back as well. So both teams playing the backup there. I like the Colts to cover, possibly even outright win. But to me, the safest bet is taking the under on this game. Um, Also, something else to keep in mind in this one as well. If it comes down to coaching, and I'm not a big fan of Frank Wright. I've been critical of him this year, especially. 
But I think that's more of an advantage for the Colts than Nathaniel Hackett, who, who's continued to show he's a little lost on the sidelines. He's a guy who already has displayed some terrible clock management. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts special teams comes up with a play. This might be one of those weeks where you install a fake punt, some sort of uh, trickery out of the special teams formation to try to get your, your offense going. Because again, neither one of these offenses is really clicking. It's been all about defense for both teams. They won't be able to just ground and pound it because they're both going to be down and running back. I just like the Colts for some reason. Maybe it's a homer pick, but I like the Colts. I like the Colts to win outright, and I definitely like the under for this game. Now let's get to some baseball playoffs, man. Because if you listen to the show, if you follow the lives, you see I, I root my Mets on hard every single time I'm on air. But it's been a roller coaster. And now we get to the playoffs. And I'll start off by saying this. All right. Am I upset and disappointed that the Mets didn't win the National League East? Absolutely. I'll be lying to you to say that I was okay with them not winning the division. All right, there's a team that won over 100 games. This is a team that was more than capable of winning this division, if not for some bad losses over the last month and a half of the season. All right, losing a series to the Cubs the way they did, losing a series to Pittsburgh the way they did. Th these were troubling signs that I mentioned on the podcast that I, I just didn't like. But ultimately, we're here. And if you had told me before the season that the Mets were going to win 100 games and make the playoffs, I would have signed off on that. So we're here now. All right. Also, the second part of that is if you would have told me not only are they going to win 100 games and make the playoffs, but DeGrom and Scherzer are going to be healthy. And for the most part, the team will be intact going into the playoffs. I'll take that. The only guy they're missing right now who I feel probably was the most consistent hitter all year before he went down, Sterling Marte. He may be back for the divisional round, but he won't be there for this wildcard round as they host the Padres starting tomorrow. So with that being said, I'm OK with where the Mets are. Is it a tougher path? to go through the wild card and have to win three rounds yes it would have been it would have been much more favorable if the Mets had had a bye the way Atlanta and the Dodgers do right now and then only had to win two series to get to the World Series but it is what it is all right you got to take the, the the longer path to get there Buck Showalter now it's your time to prove your worth Max Scherzer Jacob DeGrom this now is your time this is what it was all built up for so we'll see how it plays out now Let's get into these series, man, because there's some good ones. There's some really good ones. We start in American League. We got Tampa Bay, Cleveland. Then we got Seattle and Toronto, the National League. We got the Mets, Padres, and we got the Phillies, Cardinals. We'll start on the on the National League side of things. We'll start with the Phillies, Cardinals. I think this is the easiest series to call. So that's why I'm starting there. Phillies fans, I'm excited for you. I know you're happy to be back in the playoffs the same way Mets fans are happy to be back in the playoffs. Phillies down the stretch really struggled and that's why to me this series is very easy to call i think the cardinals are almost a little bit of a team of destiny right now when you see what albert pujols is doing when you see all the attention they're getting for uh albert about to be walking away from the game from yadi molina and adam wainwright long stays long stable mates and, and longtime cardinals who could be possibly walking away from the game this has the makings of one of those late runs in the in the postseason to kind of end off your career the final hurrah I wouldn't want to play the Cardinals in this round, to be honest. Even as a Met fan, I would not have wanted to play the Cardinals in this round because there's the theatrics that are tied to the Cardinals right now. If you're the Phillies, there are a lot of things I don't like about the Phillies. The first is their bullpen. Bullpen has been shaky all year. I don't think that gets better in the playoffs. That's the first thing, all right? Who, who do you trust coming out of that bullpen? Yeah, I know their season turned around after they got rid of Joe Girardi. I saw that team in person earlier this year. 
The bullpen is bad. Defensively, they are bad. They do not play good defense. Those are two things you don't want going into the playoffs. The Cardinals historically, historically have always been a very sound fundamental team. I don't think that changes now with them. I like that. This series for the Cardinals, I don't like it for the Phillies for a number of reasons, but bullpen and defense are the main two. The next thing I want to point out in terms of record, when you look at how you finish the season, I know a lot of people will say, well, you know, the Mets, they didn't finish off the way they wanted to. They, they let the division league go. Yes. But overall, if you look at the Mets record throughout the all from the all-star break, the Mets played well. It's just Atlanta played better, right? The Mets played really well the Mets had the sixth best overall record in baseball after the all-star break it's just that Atlanta had the second best overall record and they were able to close the distance there so that's that's what happened there but in terms of records right as I mentioned the Cardinals since the all-star break have had the fourth best overall record 19 games over 500 43 and 24 the Phillies on the other hand had the 11th best 38 and 31 they really struggled down the stretch another thing that stands out to me in this one the Phillies were the only playoff team that made it, that had a losing record in September. We almost saw that collapse happen. They went 11 and 14 in September. So for a team that was looking to break a drought and get into the playoffs, they really struggled down the stretch. I don't think that changes now that you get into the playoffs. Another thing about this wild card weekend that, that you have to pay attention to is since it's a two out of three, all three games are going to be for the home team. So Philly doesn't get the opportunity to come in front of their crowd and maybe steal a game and get themselves in the series. It's all going to be in St. Louis. It's a very good baseball town. This is a very good Cardinal team they're facing. The Cardinals are going to win this series. I think the Cardinals are going to sweep them. Again, Philly's bad defense, Philly's bad bullpen. Combine that with the fundamentals that the Cardinals already display and the, the mystique that's kind of sitting around the Cardinals right now during this final hurrah, this final run for Pujols and Molina and Wainwright. I like the Cardinals. I got them sweeping it. All right. The other National League series, my beloved Mets against the Padres. This is one of those series that I'm 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 worried about. Now, just to be fair, the Padres, they play six times during the regular season. The Padres won four of those six, but they haven't played each other since July. So there's been a good two months since the last time they played each other. Last time they played each other, the Padres almost swept them. And I, I came on a podcast and I talked about it because I was worried about the Mets at that time. The Mets were able to win that game. Then we went on to the series against the Yankees that they won. And that kind of steadied the, the seas at the time. But in none of those six games was the Grom available. And I believe in that second series, uh, Scherzer was not back from the DL yet. So there were, this wasn't the same Mets team. They, they didn't get to see these pitchers. That's the one, one part of it. The second part of this that, that makes me a little skeptical is the Mets bats went a little cold in that in those six games against the Padres. And that does worry me because the Mets bats just went cold against Atlanta. In this series, in those six games against the Padres, the Mets scored two or less runs in all four losses. The games they won, they lit it up. They scored 19 runs in the two wins. But in the four losses, they got shut out twice. And then there were other times where they scored one run. So that does bother me a little bit. But I will say on the flip side, like I said, the Padres haven't played the best ball themselves. The Padres coming out of the All-Star break in the trade for Soto, they had to get things right as well. They got Soto and they got on this enormous high that everyone thought, oh man, it, the Padres now have loaded up. Then we found out Tatis got suspended and then they kind of slowed down and, and went through a little bit of a losing streak. 
Ultimately, I don't think they played their best ball after Soto. Soto started to warm up a little bit in September, but I don't know if we got to see the best version of the Padres. And if you're if you're asking me what I like better, I like the opportunity to to pitch DeGrom and Scherzer in a three-game series. If you're telling me I get to pitch those guys two or three games, I like it. You know, for the Padres, it's going to be tough. You're going to have to find a way to beat one of those guys. And even if you do, that doesn't guarantee you're going to be able to win a second game in that series because Chris Bassett as a third starter is a very good and capable starter himself. On most staffs, Chris Bassett might be the ace or the number two guy. So this is this is what makes this series tough for me for the Padres. I like the Mets to win it, but I would not be surprised if it goes the distance and goes all three games. Now, from a long perspective uh, point of view, if I'm the Mets, I don't want it to go three games. I want to try to get them out of there as quickly as possible so that way I can find a way to not only start Chris Bassett game one in that next series, but maybe get right back to DeGrom or Scherzer for game two and kind of reset your staff. If it goes three, it just presents more problems for the Mets long term as I, as I started the conversation um, with baseball talk, as I said going long term that's where it gets tricky for the Mets but short term I, I think the Mets can still win this series I got them winning it in three though I think the Padres are good I think Machado's had a great year Soto's starting to warm up and there's their recent track record with Soto of being able to carry you in the playoffs so we know what he can do if he gets going the Mets bullpen is gonna have to be very careful that's the weakest part of this Mets team their bullpen the bullpen is going to have to be very careful. I think they're going to get very good starts from their guys. The bullpen is going to have to figure out a way to get it to Diaz. It's going three games. Mets are going to win it, but it's going three. Uh, let's go out to the American League. Um, these are tough series to pick as well. We got Cleveland and Tampa. Cleveland winning their division. Tampa as the wild card. Cleveland, the youngest team to make the playoffs. Cleveland is, is a tough team. Very pesky. Very, very pesky, man. This Cleveland team... Had the best record in September. Fourth, oh, sorry, fifth overall record in terms of win losses after the All Star break. They won the season series against Tampa, and I think they win this series against Tampa as well. And I like Tampa. I like Tampa a lot. But there are a couple of things about Tampa that that kind of seem shaky to me now. That in the past we always liked. The bullpen is good. The bullpen has always been good. But the offense really struggles, and the offense has too many cold spells, too many droughts in there. And come playoff time, you need that. You need the hitch. You need the timely at-bats. You need it to come for you. I like Tampa's pitching. I don't like their offense. And again, no home field advantage. This is all going to be in Cleveland. It's going to be rocking out there for the Guardians. It's going to be rocking out there. If you've never seen Cleveland in the playoffs, go back on YouTube and look some of the old highlights when they were called the Indians before they were the Guardians. Look at how crazy that fan base gets for these playoff games these are tough matchups for tampa bay i know cleveland's young but them playing at home in front of that crowd i give them the advantage i think this series is going three as well tampa's a really good team very seasoned team but again the cold spells that had offense are what worry me the most you want your pitching to be good but you got to get those timely hits man you got to get those timely hits i think cleveland gets that slight advantage at home I see Cleveland winning this series. I think that one's going three as well. And then one of the matchups that I really like in terms of two good young teams back in the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Seattle breaks their drought 20 plus years. They get in. Toronto had not been in the playoffs for quite some time. They're in now again. But Toronto, to me, is the superior team here. Toronto's the team that made the moves for the pitching. Seattle did too with Luis Castillo, but he's kind of tailed off. He struggled a little bit. Toronto, to me, the moves they made, getting a guy like George Springer, 
right? Developing those young guys like they have there. This is a series that they, they're built for. Short series at home. Ah, man, I, I, again, I like Seattle, what they're doing, but do we know for sure if Rodriguez is going to be healthy? He's dealing with the back issue. Is he going to be fully healthy for the series? And Toronto's got a lot of bats in that lineup, man. Very deep lineup, very scary lineup, a lineup that can really flip the game very, very quickly. And that's why I like Toronto. And if you notice the trendy, I picked all of the home teams in these series because I think in the two out of three where all three games are at home, there's a huge advantage for you there. There's got to be an advantage for you there because each one of these playoff games are like the weight of two or three possible regular season games, right? The, the pressure intensifies. Every inning, it gets more intense. Every inning, everything gets more scrutinized. Every inning could change the series. And so playing at home, there's a different there's a, there's, a, there's a different comfort and confidence you're going to have in front of your home crowd. You're the opposing team. You start looking up at the scoreboard. You're already into the fifth, sixth inning. If you're down or running to, now you start doing the math, you know, how, how long before we get to their closer? How many more bats do we really have? How many opportunities? It, you start to get more tense. And, and I know you can say that about every series, but in a series where all three games are being played in one particular location over three days straight, Remember, there's no breaks. They're going Friday, Saturday, Sunday, back, back, back to back. That that gets really tough. That gets super, super tough. That's why, to me, I think the home teams all have an advantage. Toronto, I think, beat Seattle. I think that is a sweep. That's going to be done in two games. So the only two series that I have going three games are the Mets. And I also have the Cleveland-Tampa series going three. I think the other two will be two-game series. Nothing against the opponents. Again, it's just a very tough atmosphere to go into and win those games under those conditions. So yeah, man, I got the Mets moving on to face the Dodgers. I got the Cardinals moving on to face the Braves. I've got the Guardians moving on to face the Yankees, and I've got Toronto moving on to face Houston. I'm gonna give you guys a full breakdown probably on Monday before those next series start because all the first round should be done by Sunday. So Columbus Day, I'll probably come back with the episode giving you guys a breakdown It'll also be an opportunity. We're probably going to go live again on Monday like we did last week. Don't forget, tomorrow night, October 7th, we're going live with the 401k pick of the week, with the upset pick of the week. Let's see how we do with those picks this week. Just to give you some background, through the first four weeks, games that I've predicted on the show or on live, I'm 13-6 and six overall. Thursday night football, I'm 3-1. The only loss on the record so far through the first month was the Steeler game in Cleveland. I was wrong about that one. I think I'm right about the Colts tonight, though. 4-0 on the 401k pick. The 401k pick I have this upcoming week, I, I think is a, again, it's my 401k pick. I don't expect to lose any of them. 401k pick is going to stay hot, man. Will Gordon, Trip Young's going to be joining the show. It's going to be a great episode. Enjoy these Major League Baseball playoffs, man. If you're a casual fan, I think this weekend, this wildcard weekend is going to bring something different to the table. I think people are going to really enjoy the intensity of having these three games played so quickly. No off days. No opportunity to kind of like fade it into the background. They get their weekend, right? They kick off Friday. Uh, they they first pitch Friday. They get game Saturday. Come Sunday, I think we're only going to get two of the game threes on Sunday. So it won't really interfere with football Sunday too much. But if it does, what a great football Sunday. You got an opportunity to have both games on some baseball and some football going at the same time with a lot at stake. You guys are going to enjoy it, man. Again, this is The Sanchez Show, man. Make sure you subscribe to The Sanchez Show. Tune in tomorrow night, Friday night live with the opinionated ones. 
and keep tuning in every week, man. We got more picks, more predictions, and more sports talk, man. I'm out of here.